What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Force Sensitive. Today, we have a special guest in the building, a guest that has been near and dear to the cool table heart, and I believe he is even on his own own podcast these days. He's just, this little bud is flowering just right in front of our eyes. Today, we have Mr. Josh Fisher, the peg leg pirate, joining us. <laughs> Morning, mateys. <laughs> and for the for those listening that are unfamiliar with him, that's just how he talks. So it's going to be a long show. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how are but, you? Uh, say- uh, I'm I'm great, great, feeling really well this morning. Uh, thank you guys for the opportunity to come on and talk about this wonderful franchise that we've grown up with over the years, and uh, really excited to see what unfolds. Good, Josh. For those that don't know, um, he last year he bef- or two years ago now, I guess. Bef- was it two years ago now, Josh? Uh, last year in May. Last year in May. Okay. Um, he befell a bit of tragedy and had to have a partial amputation of his uh, of his leg, and uh, we tried to pull together and be as supportive as we could. But it's mainly, I think, uh, been a reverse sort of methodology to it all, where his sort of attitude and spirits have stayed so high throughout it that it's almost been more of an inspiration to everyone else than anybody could have been to be supportive of him. So I want to applaud you for that for a second, anyway. Now, uh, but that's yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the last pat on your back I'm giving. Let's get into it. <laughs> um, that's fine. So uh, let's 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 just go ahead and get started, and we start where all stories start, which is the beginning. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. So, what was your first memory? Uh, the actual original movie, uh, the first movie. Now, I was only 13 months old when it came out, and while my parents. Gotta be kidding. Oh, you gotta get your secretary. <laughs> get your secretary. Sorry. No worries. All right. Uh, the the first movie, uh, it came out May of 77. I was born in April of 76. Uh, my parents were young, and they took toddler me to the movie theater with them to go see it. I have no memories of it. However... What we did have in the 70s, they had these things called the Super 8 home projector. (laughs) And Ken Films in 1978 released a condensed version of Star Wars on Super 8. And I wore that thing out almost daily. I would have my mom set it up so I could watch Star Wars in the den almost daily. And my first that was my first memory of Star Wars. Um, and then my first toy memory was on my third birthday. They had been buying all the stuff to give to me on my third birthday when I would be old enough to play with it and appreciate it. And they actually got me the early bird package. Oh, no uh, kidding. Mailed away. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I had the early bird package and the cantina set and that old Imperial transport that wasn't in the movie, but had the electronic sound effects and just all the stuff that had come out up to then. You know, I often think, and, about, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, <clears throat> go ahead. I was just gonna say, I often think about how like unique that toy line was, um, that I still think a lot of people don't realize, um, like their way of doing business that was so different, you know, even to today that, Whatever that, you know, the first wave, let's call it for lack of a better term, of figures, they produced that 
through the entire run. So, yeah. like, when they were producing the last wave, they were simultaneously still producing the first wave, uh, which is why a lot of the, the more kind of uh, valuable figures in that, in that line are towards the end, and also why uh, we saw little kind of minor changes here and there, like with the Jawa or the Capes or the lightsabers or what have you. But just the amount of product that they were able to kind of sex sex dude my mind i'll tell you it's wow. hard to get it out of the gutter <laughs> but uh the amount of figures they were able to kind of successfully produce move and you know for, for so long it's really like it's really an achievement that i don't feel like it's talked about enough yeah because every other product line you look uh gi joe for instance which was also something i was huge into after the first year of those figures you would have them for another year and then they would phase them out yeah everything would stay in stores for about a year year and a half and then they would be phased out for the next wave but yep. star wars they just like oh you want a you want an x-wing fighter that we released in 1978 well you can still get one in 83 yep and you know same mold same everything yep uh and One I, of the only go ahead, go ahead. modern toy lines that's actually followed this practice of uh, keeping everything on the shelf at the same time is the Ninja Turtles. Uh, not the current one, but the, the prior one from Nickelodeon. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could still buy the basic Turtles and well, uh, see the, but that, cast at all times. But that makes sense because this way you don't have to like put them in spacesuits to move four more turtles every time. You know? Oh, they, I mean, they're doing that too, but, sure, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have to have those, those core four constantly. But, um, but I mean, that's a good point, but that's, I feel like, were they still producing, like, uh, if they had, a, you know, I don't know, Bebop, were they still producing him towards the end or was it just mainly the four? And they, there was a different set of mutants, but they were mm -hmm. there was always like a shredder and a splinter as gotcha. well. Like you had your core characters gotcha. at all times. Gotcha. That's 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 good. That's cool. Um, so go ahead, Josh. So you had you got all these vintage like for the even for the time you know uh, figures that were behind the the wave, so to speak, all at once and in and, and in abundance. Uh, at three, do you have any memories prior to three? Your memory is uh, <laughs> it's pretty sharp to go back to three years old. <laughs> uh bits and flashes here and there but not much hmm. uh so continue on continue on what was next for you empire in the theater i remember seeing it and was blown away at the age of four right uh the most vivid parts of actually seeing it in the theater were the wampa and tauntauns anything hoth related really stood out to me and then of course bespin and when Vader drops the bomb on Luke, I was just like, uh-uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, you know, me and my cousins, we, uh, we loved Star Wars. We, we played Star Wars daily all the time. And for years, you know, up until when Jedi came out, we were like, do you think it's true? Do you think he really is his dad? No, no, can't be true. He's a liar. He's a liar. And something that I've learned a long time ago is that Sith don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Sith and oh. hips, and Sith with hips especially. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, and, of course, you know, seeing uh, my cousins and I uh, actually going to see Jedi 
in the theater uh, on the opening weekend, that was a pretty tremendous thing because that was when I had the most vivid and recalled the best out of the theater experiences because I was seven at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I eat, eat, breathe, sleep, repeat Star Wars as a young child for right. years and years and years up until the Yuzhan Long stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. But before we get there, before we get there, um, so the the entire time you're, you're watching these movies, you're enjoying them, you're seeing them in the theater, which is crazy because like uh, for me anyway, because I don't even have a point of reference for that. I often had this discussion with people because um, it's, it's interesting for me to hear your kind of reaction to uh, you know this, the the kind of twist of Empire. I often have this discussion and, and kind of contemplation with Adam and you know people born around the the time that Empire came out initially, so they would have been you know eighty four, eighty five before they ever saw all three movies. I, I often wonder if I if that was a surprise for me at the time or if it had kind of already become ingrained in pop culture where I sort of knew it without seeing it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, like I, I talk to people every once in a while that, you know, that have never seen the Avengers movies. They're like, but they know the snap. You know, they know what that means and they can yeah. drop it as a reference. And I, I often wonder if I even knew uh, or or was already aware of the the twist of Empire, and I just can't I can't recall for the life of me because I don't remember it being like this like jaw dropping moment for me, you know, as a, as a young lad. But I, yeah, I I could tell you I had that moment robbed for me because I'd seen the movies out of order, so I uh, right. haven't seen Return of the Jedi. I had already known. Oh man, yeah, that was that, and it kind of goes into my whole thing about spoilers uh you know i don't hate spoilers but i don't actively seek them Mm -hmm. so i tend not to look for them so if i hear them i'm like oh okay but i'm not like oh that was ruined for me but i loved the anticipation the not knowing and the speculation of that and that was mainly due because of that you know, an empire. And of course it's the eighties, everything ended up on cliffhangers, like right. who shot JR, you know, that shit was huge back right. when I was in it. And now everybody's like, I have to know what happened, you know, and they're looking up and they want to know immediately. They want everything answered right then. It's like, come on, half of the fun is the speculation <laughs> and the wonder. I have and to, the I have to own playground scenarios. I have to own a little bit of that myself because I'm always, I'm always, and yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm more often just seeking it out for Star Wars, and I don't know if it's because it's just kind of my pride and joy, or if it's because maybe I already knew that Vader was his father, and then when I watched the prequels, I already knew that Palpatine was the Emperor, and mm-hmm. you know, so like I wonder if it's just part of the culture for me where it's like knowing the answer doesn't spoil the fun, you know, the spoilers yeah. aren't spoiling, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in, in that regard, of course, you know, Palpatine, you know, we all knew he was the emperor. We just didn't know how he became right, the yeah. emperor. Right. And, and you know, that, that plays into something like you might know some things, but you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's impossible to know everything, you know, because even even reading a spoiler. I remember reading the Last Jedi spoilers, for instance. And, you know, the spoiler was just somebody that saw it and it was like, you know, then uh, Luke is sitting on top of a rock and dies. 
and I was like, oh, that sounds anticlimactic, you know. But then I I see the movie and I'm like, oh no, this is reading it and experiencing it are different, you know, Pick like. So, so uh, like to me, the the most of the spoilers can only be, but so spoiling because even seeing the imagery for yourself the first time is going to change it. Unless, of course, you know you got that that uh, that dust mites hook up and you're watching it in the comfort of your own home two days before it comes out in the theater. <laughs> um, so let's move into kind of because you touched on Jedi a bit. Was because you're a bit you're you're a bit older. You were seeing them in the theater. You got to experience all three in the theater, which is sort of awesome, especially for your age, because you're not like it's, you were born a year before it came out. Mm-hmm. And even though you don't remember it, you can still kind of say it happened, which is cool. Yeah, but do you? Of course, do, you know that. How did that it, super experience led to most of those memories? Right. Yeah. Right. But how? How did do you remember how you felt? And obviously, it's a different sensibility, right? Because you're like eight. Uh, or whatever at the time, but do you remember, did you feel, do you remember how you felt after seeing Jedi? Did you feel, like, um, satisfied, or would you, like, or, or was it, like, despair of, what was it, I need more of this, or or was it at all disappointing, or anything like that? Do you remember how it felt? And I have another question, too, I want to ask you after that, So, but let's get this one first. I, I got one as well. Beautiful. I absolutely was excited about Jedi, and my cousin Kim, she was like 16, and she took me and um, three of our other cousins and my younger brother. We all went, and we were just blown away. And the 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 Yoda scene with Luke when he asked the question, "Is Darth Vader my father?" And we're just waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And then he confirms it. And we were just all, whoa! You know, it's right. like I remember our heads just collectively exploding and, you know, picking and picking brain matter out of our popcorn and putting them back together. Uh, <laughs> it was fascinating. And we were just blown away and amazed. And I was like, can we come back and see it again tomorrow? You know, because I was so excited. It is kind of crazy for me to even think about that, like, that scene is way more important in real time, you know, because, like, if you waited the three years, like, that is the confirmation scene. Like, that is the scene that makes it real. Whereas to, mm-hmm. to, to to me that scene is kind of like, yeah, of course, we all know this. Let's keep it moving. You know, to fucking fade away and let's let's get this ball rolling. Uh, where, and three years at, for right. a seven-year-old, right. that's half of my life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, am I going to live long enough to know the answer? I need to know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, but but and, were you, and you were satisfied with the ending and all of that? Like, you were like, man, that's great. I loved it. I was just like, yes, the good guys won. The bad guys are out of there. Was there? You no, know, not. Not knowing anything about, yeah, while it was a corrupt government, they were still kind of uh, outlaws and everything. That, right. didn't, that hits me later in life, of right. course. But yeah. I love the whole Jabba's Palace thing. I love the, the skiff and sail barge and the Sarlacc battle. And first seeing that green lightsaber snap to life against that stark contrast of the desert, I was just like, Oh my God! Look at that. That's so awesome. And Luke quickly became my favorite character. Then that's also um, that's also kind of interesting to think about because it's so I, I love getting these little experiences through different eyes because 
in my head, like I know that lightsaber is going to be green, but seeing it snap for you on the skiff is the reveal. Yeah. Yep. You know, like I probably had the toy before I saw the movie, you know, like I, you know, like it was already part of my headcanon at the time. That's so and interesting. Even in the trailers, it was blue. Really? So you didn't, yes. uh, yeah. The trailers, it was blue. And I remember I used to subscribe to a Star Wars fan magazine called Bantha Tracks uh, that I used to get back in the day. And a lot of people, they talk about how they were, how The Last Jedi has been so divisive. Mm-hmm. Empire was equally as divisive back then. Mm-hmm. A lot that. of people were not happy with Empire. And then there was a lot of people that were like, oh, my God, give us more. This is so much better than what we were given the first time. Right. And it was well, the, it was uh, fascinating. The rumor of it was that Lucas was so disappointed with it that he made his own cut that uh, like people around him at the time have said, you know, since then was uh, described as unwatchable. <laughs> well, you know, we... It, it's not common knowledge, but I mean, his wife really did save the first. Correct, film. correct, and I think that's still why to this day, um, you know, Kasdan uh, being involved with Empire and his wife being involved with Star Wars that the those first two movies the dialogue is different, like it's better, it's it's significantly mm-hmm. better than anything in the prequels or in Jedi. It feels like real people. Yep. Yep. Well, more more mm-hmm. like it. One hundred percent. Less 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 theatrical in a way. You know, yeah. less like it's being a play. I had a follow up question with Jedi, but first, you mentioned Bantha tracks, and that yeah. triggered something for me. So, question: We all know what species Admiral Akbar is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mon, Mon Calamari. Okay, correct. What planet are this, is that species from? Mon uh, Mon, Mon Calamari. I thought it was my. It's like some derivative of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we'll. You know, what, what's what's your answer, Bobby? Uh, I would say Mon Calamari. I uh, no, I would say um, Mon Calamar. Maybe there's there's four answers. I don't know Mon Calamari. And it depends on which fiction and what book and such. It was written different in different times. Now the Disney canon has uh, Mon Cala because that's what was in the Clone Wars cartoon. Huh. When they uh, did visit that planet in Bantha Tracks, that was the first time that the planet name ever came up. It was DAC. Uh, huh. A C. Yeah. And I remember that popping up a lot. And it never occurred to me that there were different names because in my head, it's, it's Mon Calamari is the planet. It's been DAC, Mon Calamari, Calamari, and Mon Cala. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but right now it's Mon Cala. Gort, make a mental note of having these little bits for each show from now on. <laughs> um, yeah, in the in the EU it was you know Mon Cala uh, for the most part, but a couple of books I think referred to it as Mon Calamari as well. Yeah, but the, I think early on it was Mon Cala. So let me ask you this too. I, I, I have a question. I know I think Gord had another one as well, but uh, yes, how did um, we hear a lot about kind of Snoke, right? Uh, mm-hmm. both both in, in favor of and also kind of disappointment in regard to kind of fleshing out that character. And one of the rebuttals to that is, well, we didn't know much about the Emperor as well, but he's still like this super endearing character uh, at the time, you know, before the prequels. 
How did the emperor strike you at the time, and and how do you compare that to how Snoke strikes you? Be, being as though you kind of lived through the era where it was a new character introduced to you, you know, well into your fandom. He, um, you know, the original image of the emperor is like, who? This is like his boss. This is Vader's boss. Who is that guy? There was there was definitely the intrigue, right? And then you see him in Jedi and it's just like, okay, back then it was just easier to accept. I think, okay, this is the guy that's in charge of everything. He's a dirt bag. Uh, not a, uh, not a good person. And, you know, it was easy for young me to accept. And like you said, we didn't know really anything about him much. And then right. it was the novels that started expanding on information and the, Dark Horse comics like Dark Empire, um, that's when he became a fascinating and more interesting character to me was when I was in high school and reading those comics and the, the uh, first Thrawn trilogy and finding out little bits of information about Palpatine. But until we got the Phantom Menace, you know, you couldn't really accept any of that information as 100% canon because, you know, the books weren't officially canon or anything and as we say on this podcast uh at some level it doesn't count unless it's in a movie <laughs> yeah yeah That's true um, but they had a where they pulled system a... for the canon uh, before disney took over i i forget all the terms but it's like c canon g canon yep. etc mm-hmm. yeah because it was just so much content like you there was no way oh yeah to, yeah but, so, they, but they put the stamp of approval on so much so it's right right, that's, right. it kind of needed to be that way too it's it's there's a blessing in disguise when Disney came and, and cleaned it up. But I'm sure we'll get to that mess again. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. In time. I think it's already started, to be honest with you. Uh, Josh, the other thing, so how would you compare that to your to Snoke and, and your feelings regarding Snoke? I think we'll, over time, learn more about Snoke. And I'm fine with not knowing everything about him up front. I kind of like the... You know, okay, here he was. He was he was kind of not as intimidating as the Emperor. Uh, he didn't really do much but hold Ray in the air. <laughs> Versus, you know, like Palpatine throwing down lightning bolts onto Luke and then Vader. You know, that was just like, ooh, he's pretty, pretty intense. You know, Snoke didn't come across as intimidating to me, but I am interested in learning about who he was, where he came from, how it ties in, if it does tie in. Right. So there is that level of intrigue there. But did you feel at all cheated, I guess? Like, you didn't feel cheated by the Emperor when you were five or seven. You didn't feel cheated mm -hmm. by the Emperor. We have a similar situation. Even though you get more with the Emperor, like you you said, we get more action, we get more kind of Mm -hmm. sauce. But did you feel, like, just to compare it, do you feel cheated by Snoke? Uh, I want to say disappointed, mm-hmm. but not cheated. Okay, so disappointed how? Well, he's built up as, okay, this guy, he's, you know, more or less resurrected the remnants of the Empire into the First Order, and he's got a stranglehold on, you know, the galaxy now, and people are like... Well, there's the Republic, but no, there's still the First Order, and we're going to wipe the Republic out. And they do so, you know, through his commands and everything, but he himself never demonstrated any reason of why he should be feared to me or why he 
commanded that respect and power. Well, I can tell you why. It's that hole oh. on his neck. But aside, from, <laughs> <laughs> but but aside from that, like so, th- this is this is why I asked this question because I, I kick this around myself. Let me let me let me say this. I I want more of Snoke. I feel disappointed with Snoke, uh, in in the sense of I wanted more. However, mm-hmm. I do expect it at the same time because I often feel like this is what I get from Star Wars. Like I get characters that I'm super interested in that get nothing like the Boba Fett's of the world, the Darth Maul's of the world. And often when I, (laughs) two tubes, talk to me, talk to me, Gord. (laughs) So, um, but, and, and often when I get the story, whether it be in the comic or, you know, a a novel or what have you, I'm disappointed. And so I start to ask myself two questions. One is not knowing enough about them more important, (laughs) you know, like, is that part of the recipe that makes them cool? And two, is there something generationally about Star Wars that's important? Meaning, when I see Empire in uh, Jedi when I'm six, and I think the Emperor is awesome and have zero questions, right? Mm-hmm. And then I see Snoke when I'm 36, and I have a million questions, and then I'm slightly disappointed when he's dispatched. Mm-hmm. Is that because... Star Wars at its core and at its heart is a medium best, um, you know, devoured by the younger generation and then something that you grow with. Actually, I do think it is that. I do, too. I think think it has always been intended for kids, and but it was always also palatable for families. But it's our sensibilities as we grow and acquire knowledge and see how things really are in the world and how they translate to these characters on screen. You start to wonder, okay, how did they become like this? I need to know what drove this person to be this way. Whereas, you know, when you're a young kid, it's just like, that's the bad guy. Yeah, it's the good guy. And I, uh, it, it, the thirst for knowledge, I think, comes with that maturity. Sometimes it's better to have the mystery than having too much. Yep. And I would use Boba Fett as an example, and not because he was a child clone, but the early comics and stories with him, he said very little. And in fact, I remember there was one comic he said nothing, kind of snake eyes style right but he didn't need to say anything it was nice to see the man do cool things you didn't need to know about him the mystery was still there and he was a very enjoyable character but the more we got to know him uh the early age and then later age like legacy era oh god you lose the intrigue you lose the mystique you do you really do and i I often think about it too when i hear you know guys that are clawing at 40 or have moved beyond it you know, constantly asking and and trying to make sense of Ray's abilities and how it doesn't add up to them and et cetera. And then I ask my kids who their favorite characters are and Ray is in their top five, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but it's speaking to their generation. They don't give a shit how Ray got her powers. They just love her character and want to be her, you know, Bobby. I wanted to be Han Solo. Yeah, go ahead. What's twelve times fifty-two, dude? I'm you. Twelve but there's times. people that could answer that right away. Right, 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 right. That's what Ray is. Right. She could just be good at things. Right, 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 Deal right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, but I agree. But I think I think that is part of the. It's part of the recipe. That recipe is best served 
to a child. Like it's in Star Wars is a is a a children's story that has enough meat in it if you dig beneath to still intrigue the adult. Like the problem yes. with that intrigue is that it's a double-edged sword, right? So then you start asking too many questions and then unless you can find a way to explain it in your head, you, you get disenfranchised because it's not really meant for you in the first place, you know? Um, which, I, which I do think is something, like, I, I think that could be, like, probably its own show to kind of dissect. But that's not the purpose of this show. The purpose of this show is you. So we move into the Dark Ages. And, yeah. and with those Dark Ages comes Ewok movies. <laughs> the Ewok movies? <laughs> the Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor, the Ewoks cartoon, the droids cartoon, all that was... <laughs> I remember uh, the first Ewok movie, um, Wicket would speak a little bit of dialogue. Stop, uh, yeah, yeah. And this came out in 84, 85, maybe it was late 84. I was in the fourth grade, and I was either nine or ten years old. It was somewhere in that area. And, of course, you know, we see, oh, wow, we're getting an Ewoks movie. We're excited as kids. We watch the Ewok movie. We go back, and we're talking about it on the playground, and... One of my friends is like, yeah, did you hear when Wicket said this? I was like, no, he said this. And he didn't like that I said that Wicket said one thing versus what he thought. So he grabbed me by my ears and headbutted my in my nose. What? And bloodied my nose, and it's just pouring the blood. So fuck Wicket. You know, he caused me to lose blood on the playground. <laughs> it was out of hand. You shed, but, yeah. you, you shed blood for the Ewok movie. How trash I is that? Blood, exactly. And not intentionally either. <laughs> 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 but uh, but uh, that that's what I remember most about Caravan of Courage or whichever one came first. Was it Caravan, Caravan of Courage? Yeah, yeah Caravan of was. Courage was first in 84. Um, and Battle for the follow-up after like, hey, remember this family? Kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, Wilfred Brimley, he's going to sell you some oatmeal and, you know, and tell I you th- to get out of the hut. <laughs> and I think that the, I could be wrong, but I think the only character that reprised his role was Warwick. Like, I think. Uh, the, the brother. The brother had come back. Oh, okay. For, for, from. But I, I think that's it. No, 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 no. I'm saying from Jedi. Warwick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, Low Gray was replaced. Um, Chirpa was replaced. Um, you know what? They they did low grade dirty. He was uh, he had black stripes in in the movie. In Jedi, he had the uh, the tan stripes. Oh yeah. Hmm. So th- that was rough for you as well. Um, oh, ha- yeah. How did your collecting fare? Because that, that, I'll be honest, from my pers- from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. But aside from that, the <laughs> that 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 was the hardest thing for me was the the total lack of product to consume during that period and and like it it i, I kind of feel like um uh, jack nicholson in in, in 89 batman really like, that wasn't easy for me to get over and don't think that i didn't try like that's that's how i feel about that era i still wanted to buy those toys in abundance and like still looked for them longingly in toy stores with no luck 
you know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't easy for me. What, what, what was it like for you? Cause you were, you were a collector at a young age. So how did you deal with that? Era? Yeah. Uh, fortunately I was into a lot of lines, but I still longed for new star Wars toys yeah. and it seemed like for a while we were still going to get them. And then it just all disappeared one day, just gone. Boom. It, the well dried up overnight. Yeah. Uh, because I love the fact that, oh, if you missed out on something before, you could still find it in the store. And I remember the last new Star Wars toy I saw on the shelf was in 85, and it was a Power of the Force uh, with the coin. And I think it was uh, a Haunting Carbonite. Huh. And it was uh, that was the last toy I remember, remember seeing on store pegs uh, before the droid stuff. And I was like, oh, I want that Han Solo. So I got it, and I never knew this was going to be my last Star Wars purchase for the next 10 years. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that. I, um, <clears throat> I, I, there was a flea market near where we grew up. And uh, it was only on Sundays, and it was only during the summer months. And it actually was in the parking garage of like our local mall, which it, our local mall like was like fine for its time, and like now it's like a huge deal. It's like one of the biggest malls on the East Coast. Uh, weird flex, I know, but that's what it was. And it would be hot, but there was one place that had vintage stuff, and like from August to May. I would just be planning and trying to do chores to stack some some bread up to so that I could go to this flea market and buy you know the stuff because I, I I had a um I had a a pretty sizable Star Wars collection but my mother threw them away oh and she threw them away like um like it wasn't like she was cleaning out the attic and they were in there type of deals like I, I had them in a sandbox and I went to go play with a friend and she decided to change the sand out. Like, throw the sand away. She didn't even have new sand to put in it. She just was like, I want the sand out of here. And the figures were in it, and she couldn't be bothered, so she just threw it all away. And my dad had bought them for me, so it was also, like, a petty move on her part. Uh, uh. And uh, so, like, I was, like, I, like, I, I was tr- working on re- replenishing that collection my entire life. You know, I probably, to today, at some some psychological level. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and uh, the, that flea market was, like, my only... My that that was my Obi Wan. Like it was my only it was my only hope. And when I would go there, I, I of course got the ones that I kinda always had first, but then I started seeing the more expensive ones and like, you know, they they, they weren't selling because it was a very small market. And but I'd be like, Oh man, okay, E V ninety nine, you know, is is sixty bucks. So then from August to May, I would bust my tail you know, raking leaves, cleaning toilets, whatever had to get done to to stack the the chips up in order to get that EV ninety nine the next summer. You know, I, I remember those uh, days clearly. That's that's very interesting because me where I live, we didn't have anything like that. We didn't have access to. Uh, there is a flea market, but never really anybody that dealt in vintage, hard to find toys or anything. Uh-huh. Um, so we never went much, but I was in such a rural, rural area that if you couldn't find it at retail, accept it, that you're never going to find it and move on. So I didn't know that about, you know, the secondary market at the time. Uh, it wasn't until the nineties with eBay and learning about 
oh, you can go and get this old stuff again. Like, wow, people still have that? <laughs> Click. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> Uh, so that that's that's actually fascinating to me. So you know, once it was gone, I I realized when it couldn't be replaced, I tried to hold on to that stuff as long as I could. And one of my favorite things that I absolutely loved was the micro collection mm-hmm. that they did. Now, which one? And which one are you talking about? You're talking about the diecast ones. The the little playsets with the diecast yeah. figures. I had everything. I had every single set except for the Millennium Falcon. They were great, dude. And I always wanted the Millennium Falcon, and I never could find it. Um, but they were only in stores for just over a year. And, you know, they were kind of pricey. Like, the bigger sets cost, like, 15 bucks at the time. Yeah. And, you know, that wasn't chump change to a parent back in 82. Right. Uh, dude, all so those that, gimmicks. Those, yeah, the, like the Death Star playset with the little swinging, yep. uh, the the little swing grappling hook to get across the bridge. Foam pieces. Do they have foam pieces? The the little foam pieces in the trash compactor. And I was just like, oh, this is so cool. You know, I've got a Han and Luke and Stormtrooper disguise, which I didn't have in the three and three form. Uh, So I held onto those as long as I could. And unfortunately, you know, I don't have them anymore. And that's one thing I would like to go back and, I've recently be, recently been looking on eBay at some of these, and a lot of them can be acquired for a reasonable price. No I'm kidding. Like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been looking. I, I really want to get the Hoth World. I had that. Uh, it, that was my favorite one. Yeah, it had that button that you. It, so let me see how many gimmicks I can remember of these. This would be this would be good fun. So uh, yeah. the, the Hoth one, I remember that uh, you could peg in Luke's feet into the side of the cave so that he could hang like at his ankles. Mm-hmm. And I yep. and I remember uh, there were like blast effect uh, gimmicks. So the gen- the shield generator was like a three part system that you pressed a button mm-hmm. and it on it blew them out and the same thing was for the uh the turret the turret cannons if i recall correctly like they split yep. into three parts and the turret cannons had the little flap on the top that you could lift up and put a trooper in there like he was yeah. manning it uh and that might be oh and then there was atst right that, that that blew apart also is that am i remembering that right there i don't know if there was i don't know if it blew apart but they did have some battle damage vehicles they had the x-wing that you could crash and break it up into three separate parts. Yeah, I want to say and that ATS on the cord in the back. I want to say it came with one of those sets, and like it, it barely stuck together. And you could like stand. Oh on yeah, this, you you could stand it on this one thing, and just like the shield generator hit a button, and it like blew apart into pieces. You know, like four pieces mm-hmm. or whatever it was. I know the uh, the probe droid with the Wampa Cave had a little button you could push, and it would like replicate Han shooting it and it exploding. Oh, yeah. And the main rebel base, the hangar, had a breakaway wall so the Imperials could crash through and invade. I remember that as well. And it had the, um, so then there was an ion cannon that had the little thing in mm-hmm. the back that you can maneuver around and like puppeteer it. Yep. And it had like the little like command post, like a uh, lookout tower that you could open and close mm-hmm. and that opened and closed the doors to it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I remember that as well. I remember the Bespin set had. Oh, I love the Bespin. That was the best. Set. That was the best, and it had the uh, the Han. Yep. Han could go down into the thing. You turned it, pulled it back up, and it was him and Carbonite. Yes, and then there was a little escape hatch down below. Yeah, you wanted to make it like Han really wasn't. 
Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. And then there was but the, uh, the uh, go ahead. The the uh, control room with the springboard platform that would launch Luke out Through of the, the broken glass. glass. Yep. Yep. And then the uh, the the, the you could there was like one piece where Luke had his arm out. And you could like hang him on to the thing like the he weather would, Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Dude, yeah. great memories. Those sets were so fun. They were. I loved it. And you know, the micro micro machines tried to in the 90s when they brought Star Wars toys back, tried to replicate those. And uh I actually still have one of those mint in the box. I have a the Darth Vader head that opened up into the Death Star. Yep. I had, and I actually, I had the, the actually Royal Guard. Won, I actually won that from uh, the toys that made us Netflix show no a kidding. couple months ago. No kidding. Yeah. One of their uh, Twitter Twitter things. They're like, hey, here's a giveaway. Comment with your favorite memory of this. And I won it. I was like, holy shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool to have that again. All right. So let's slide into uh, let's slide into the EU era. Um, were you were you riding that wave like the Thrawn trilogy and all that? Were you were you on board? I was gung ho about the EU era. I used nice. to, uh, I would go to Walmart, Kmart anytime. I'd hit the paperback section every month, looking for the latest book and buying it regardless. I bought every EU book in paperback as soon as it dropped. Yeah. Uh, you know, local comic shop, I hit it up, and I would buy all the comics. Um, I've been going to that comic shop since 1995 at this point. How you know, how were you academically as a kid? Like, how did you perform in school? Until I stopped giving too much of a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight A student. See, uh, I was more of like a straight C student with a with a I, I say C because I have a D here and there. I flirted with an F here and there, and then uh, mm-hmm. every now and then I'd get an A, you know, in gym or something. And then uh, uh so uh, so w- w- when the EU started, I've said this a thousand times, but like when I started reading it, my father would dump a paycheck into those books if that's what I wanted, just because he was so beside himself that I was sitting there and reading. You know, awesome. Um, and I and I read them. I read them. I, I couldn't get enough of them. And like I, re- I read the soft covers, the hard, the hard covers. The you know, I would look at. I would I would read a chapter and then look at the artwork on the cover for like a half hour before I'd read the next chapter. You know, and the the characters that were new on the covers, like whether it was Admiral Dalla or uh, oh, Sab- she was great. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Sabaoth. What is it supposed to be now, Gord? Sabaoth. <laughs> Sabaoth. Whether it was him. Or 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 whoever or Thrawn, you know. And as I would read about the characters in the book, I would just go back to the cover and look at it more and be like, "Oh, that's who she is. That's who he is. That's what they're about." Like now, this the the positioning in the cover makes so much more sense. Like I just remember for hours, you know, it's crazy. Something that was kind of jarring is uh, they had a bit of a redesign for Mara Jade from those uh, Thrawn books, and next thing you know, she's in the black suit and all. And like I'm very cool with that, but you know. She was like rocking this like frumpy green dress before. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. She looked like uh, Brave from uh, the Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually <clears throat> spot on. After uh, I remember after reading the Thrawn trilogy for the first time, and Mara Jade saying to Luke that she was in Jabba's palace, 
Yeah. I went back and I would watch Return of the Jedi yep. just to see if see anybody. And yep. there is a woman in Jabba's palace in a red jumpsuit, like when he's fed to the Rancor, kind of cheering for him to die. And I'm like, really? I wonder if that's her. So in in my head, Ken and I established, yeah, that's Mara Jade. You know, before they knew she was Mara Jade. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> Shadows of the Empire. Shadows. That was that was interesting because I was really excited about that being rolled out with its multimedia tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, bought the book, read the comic tie-ins, had the video game, you know. And if you beat the video game, like you read the book, you think Dash. <clears throat> pardon me. If you read the book, you think Dash Rendar perishes at the end. But if you play the video game, he actually gets played. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> now, most importantly about Shadows of the Empire, <laughs> did you have the soundtrack? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> nice, nice. I did. I had everything. I had the uh, my girlfriend at the time actually bought me the Outrider for Christmas. Um, that ship. Yeah, it was great. And I love the fact that when they did the special edition of A New Hope, there is a shot of the Outrider leaving Moss Eisley that they put in. That was so cool to me. I was like, okay, that makes that whole story canon. I loved how Luke was struggling to learn the subtleties in his cybernetic hand, learning not to grasp things too hard or it would just shatter and crush oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, he was crushing like uh I remember in the comic like the the table. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, that was fascinating to me. It's like, okay, here's a real world handicap applied to someone in this universe. How is it going to affect them? Uh and I can say from first hand experience <laughs> you, know, you can quickly to think about that. <laughs> um uh, but yeah, I love Shadows of the Empire. So you mentioned and that you I don't know oh, go ahead. They, do they even consider it canon anymore? No, no. it's legends. No, but but we still have the uh, Outriders as a ship. They had it featured in Rebels. Yes. Well, not not the Outrider, but the the model of ship. Nah, it's not. Right, right, right. Did um did you? I was going to ask, oh, because you mentioned having the Outrider. So you had gotten back into the Kenner uh, relaunch of Star Wars 3 and 3 quarter as well. Oh, big time. Yeah, me too. Uh, When it launched, I was 19. I was living in South Carolina with my grandmother. Uh, I moved down there and lived with her right out of high school. And I was... uh, I was reading uh, Wizard Magazine, mm-hmm. and I was working in a comic shop, and I saw that one issue. Kenner is relaunching Star Wars. Yeah. Stylized way, I was like, what? I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was so excited, and I looked, and I told my boss, I was like, um, I need this day off. <laughs> it was at Toys R Us at 9 a.m. when they opened the doors, and I went and I grabbed every single figure in the first wave. That's awesome. Yeah. And I actually had the Boba Fett with the half-circle hands on his gloves, which uh-huh. was the 
after one, which you could probably get for six bucks now <laughs> right, on card. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe five. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's if you buy him and a stormtrooper. You know, <laughs> it's a five dollar combo bundle. Did, did um, did, did you have any issue with the proportions of them at the time? At the time, no. Me neither, dude. I, I think about that all the time. I'd have been a trash reviewer back then. It's I was just so excited. happy. Yeah, I was too happy. I was just like, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, Obi Wan looks perfect. Yeah, Lando Chewbacca looks perfect. Chewbacca was fucking ripped, <laughs> dude. Obi, I mean, yeah. uh, Lando <laughs> was the most obvious to me. Like, I was like, God, this dude's been getting in the gym, Mac. The, the one, the one that I feel like I noticed first was the Luke. Like, he looked a little ridiculous. You know, had a bit of the Prince Adam going. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the thing I disliked is like Han in his stance. He could only stand stand one way. The yeah, way his one leg. A lot of them were. Like, one leg but back, it one like leg forward. But he had the like the skirt that kept him balanced. Yeah, I didn't mind the proportions until I bought the Millennium Falconry issue and realized that these sons of bitches can't sit in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, no. <clears throat> Actually, because of the arms, uh, they were even tough to get in the next wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nice thing about Luke was the way that his legs were molded. When you flip the hips up, the the feet kind of came together, <laughs> like a, yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean. Like they go, it was, it was almost like one ankle was over top of the other, like he was laid back with his feet up, and then that would help get him into the uh, the X wing. I do now, recall I'm thinking that. about it too. Uh, the pilot Luke that we got, the first one, it was a snowspeater pilot too, not X-wing. Yeah, because oh, he had yeah. the he had the vest. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> with the big collar. So yeah, stylish. So then you get you get word that the prequels are coming, and you see the trailer for the Phantom Menace, and what is that experience like? The, when I first found out about the prequels, I had actually gone and bought the new VHS. Um, uh, three pack that they had just released in '95 because that had been the first box set release and it may have been the first ever box release of all three together. Right. Not not the first set, but it was the definitely the, the current one like for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. For, it's a THX for, set. That's the one. And there was an interview that George Lucas did with Leonard Malton on there, and that's when he said, "I was watching that bonus content, and he's like, we're doing." a new trilogy it's going to take place before it's going to tell the story of how darth vader became how anakin skywalker came became darth vader we're doing the prequels and that's when i first learned in the summer of 95 and i was like oh my god this is the greatest we got the toys back now we're getting new movies again i was so pumped and i remember um i was living in i'd moved back to virginia and in 90 six um but in 97 we got that first trailer for the phantom menace a few months before it released and i remember downloading that trailer and watching it and waiting for my roommates to come home i was like i've got to show you something get your ass in here right now and we watched the shit out of that trailer and the first thing i remember is that that droid tank rolling over the hillside and you're starting to see it just emerge over that hillside on Naboo. Yep. And I was just like, oh, what's this? You know, seeing Darth Maul in the desert igniting that lightsaber. And I'm just like, oh, I was so excited and so pumped. <clears throat> Do you want to uh, hear some fun trivia about the Phantom Menace? 
Sure. Yeah. Darth Maul had six minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman's voice was digitally enhanced to distinguish between Padme and Queen Amidala. Portman, <laughs> yep, Portman. And it's funny because I just did that video today. I don't know if you seen it, but uh, I talk about her senator voice. Yeah, so like I was on to something. I didn't even know it. Um, according, uh, uh, Natalie Portman also didn't attend the premiere because she had to be home to study for her high school final exams. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, let's see, there's one other one I wanted to read. Um, oh, Liam Neeson uh, signed on to do it out of excitement without reading the script. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That, that, I mean, hey, I would have. I bet I you that's yeah, some put, people that put, signed like that, put, too. Yeah. Put me, in, put me in latex and, a, you know, whatever, and put me in a scene. Just, you know, pan over me and I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> You know, I'll be a background creature somewhere. I'm fine with that. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I remember being so excited for that. I went to the opening day release. I had tickets for the very first screening in our town at the theater at the time. And uh, going and sitting. I, I, I read the novelization first. Uh, and did, they actually did you? launched. I did. Well, what about and, all your spoilers? What about your spoilers? Uh, you know, I, my anticipation took over in that time. Uh, I have since learned to read the novelization after because I thought initially the novelization was better than the presentation. <laughs> uh, I, I really went gung-ho because when they're like, we got new Star Wars toys. and I'd been buying the Power of the Force shit for a couple of years. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even think about language. Sorry. It's all right. No, you're good. Um, I had uh, been buying all the Power of the Force stuff for a couple of years. So now it's just like, all right, more new stuff. But we've got new characters. And, you know, these are official characters. It's not just expanded universe stuff. So I went and I snatched up the whole first wave, you know, that one Friday morning, I was like, yeah, let's buy Jar Jar Binks. Oh, this guy looks cool. What's he all about? And, you know, let's buy this Obi-Wan. Let's buy this little kid, Anakin. And let's buy Qui-Gon. And let's buy Darth Maul. And, you know, I really enjoyed the figures for the most part. And I go and I see the movie. And I was like, okay, I liked it. But there were a lot of things I didn't like. And I think this is where the me not seeing it as a kid kind of played into it. Right. Uh, like I hated Jar Jar. Right. So I absolutely just, hated just, it. Just from Jump Street? Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, this is not a good character. You know, because uh, I was 21 when it came out. So I had a hard time accepting Jar Jar as a character. Yeah, I hear you. But. You know, that lightsaber battle, loved it. And wonderful. And I loved the whole, when the music kicked in, uh, that choir in the background. During that battle, that was amazing. So, you know, there was a lot of good in that movie, but I was old enough to see the bad in it. And it's just like, okay, do I love Star Wars as much as I did? <laughs> you know, because up to this point, nothing had ever wavered. Until the Phantom Menace, I was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but it was that was that was yeah that was my first like uh oh kind of moment. Right. For me. Did it um 
That's 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 interesting. See, I I remember seeing it in, and I loved it for months. You know, I, I don't I I may have loved it until it came out on home video, and then I started to see kind of weaknesses in the chain that I hadn't noticed. You know, because of the the hype of it. You know, like just how excited I was to have. I mean, it was something. Literally, it was something I I never thought I'd get again. Is a new Star Wars movie. You know. Yeah. And I'd lived most of my life that way. Like this is it. Um, but yeah, I, I remember like Jar Jar, and of course, and then uh, the battle droids became problematic for me. The more I watched it, uh, Roger, Roger, I get that. Yeah, yeah, and it was really their dialogue. I, I, I've said this a lot recently, but I, I, I saw like a you know like a, a quote unquote a real battle droid at celebration this year, like the droid builder thing, and mm-hmm. seeing them in person. Like I can see how somebody on set could think it was a good idea because seeing them in person, they are intimidating. Like, yeah, they're tall. They're, and they're tall, cool and they they look like they look like they don't care. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. they're just there to be killing machines. But yeah. seeing so many on screen and and with that voice and backed out the way it is and not up close and personal with them, like it, they come across like a joke. Yeah, there was that definite goofy nature about them. Yeah. I um, I just watched it uh last weekend and it's still like it's there's there's still some really beautiful things about it. Like Amidala's Palace is beautiful and feels mm-hmm. very Star Warsy to me. Um seeing Coruscant for the first time, like I remembered seeing it, you know, having that feeling of like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I've been reading about in these EU novels for so long. And yeah. Just, you know, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, man. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but but that was at night. I, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, like, know. yeah, it didn't have the same <laughs> swag to it. Um, no, that was that was just a public square toppling over Palpatine's statue. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not the same. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so moving into... Uh, into Attack of the Clones, uh, how did how did what was that experience like? And 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 where are you at in terms of your? Because you were you were disappointed kind of from the beginning with Phantom Menace, and now you're going into Attack of the Clones. Like, where's your excitement level? Where's your level of kind of disenfranchisement? Or you know, does it have a clean slate, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, at that point, I was um, you know still still a major Star Wars fan, but. You know, my least favorite of the movies would be Phantom Menace. Right. Um, Still to this day? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, no, actually. Um, that one would belong to Attack of the Clones. Okay. So let's get into that then. Uh, I was excited for it. I really was. Uh, my roommate and a couple of my really close friends that we worked with at the time we were uh, all excited, you know, because we worked uh, we worked night shift in this place, and we uh, we had Fridays and Saturdays off, so we were going to the premiere on Friday because they didn't do Thursday premieres at this time, at, at least not in this area. So we were excited to be going to the premiere, and you know, it was sellout line, long, long line. We got in there. We were some of the last ones to get seats. You know, a buddy of mine from Kentucky actually rode over and we went to go see it and watched it and, you know, had a good time and everything. And I enjoyed it for the most part initially, you know, and then I see how Django Fett gets taken out so easily. And I was just like, well, that was, 
you know, he made Obi-Wan like, that was a good fight, you know, and yeah. then all of a sudden, Django gets punked by Mace Windu, and at the time, I'm not thinking, okay, this just demonstrates the power level of how much stronger Mace is over Obi-Wan, right. <laughs> you know, you know. You're not, you're not able to process things in the moment like you can after, you know, some retrospect and, you know, but uh, I liked it enough, but, man, Green Yoda jumped around, took me out. It really? Me out. <laughs> really? So you're the first. So, really so, so, so yeah, we need to talk about this because you're the first person on here because I like. You know, like I'm, I'm an, enough involved with the fandom where I know that's kind of a divisive thing. But you're the first person on here to be on that other side of the coin, like in a, in a heavy fashioned way. So, so let's talk about that scene, right? Because it's it's pivotal and it's Star Wars history. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, so th- they square off, and uh, they're they're exchanging the Force lightning bits. How are you feeling at this point? How do you feel about that? You know, he's catching the lightning, he's throwing it back, he's doing, awesome. you know, all that. That was really, really, really cool. Okay, so you're I was on like, board. Okay, Dooku's, you know, Dooku's demonstrating, hey, I can do what Palpatine was doing. Uh-huh. And Yoda's like, yeah, well, I catch it, and I'm going to put it in my pocket and hurl it back <laughs> at you. Yeah. It's like, right. show me something now. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, so you're on board. So then Dooku drops the line. Right, it, it can't be mm-hmm. solved with our knowledge of the force. It has to come down to our skills with the lightsaber. Where's mm-hmm. where's your head at now? Even before the pull, like, before the pull, just when that line gets dropped, I was like, "Oh, where's this going to go?" I'm like, "All right, so you're still on board. You're still on board. Okay, good. So then Yoda Yoda has the pull. The music hype, the music yeah. hypes up. He probably has the best pull in Star Wars history, in my opinion. Absolutely, okay. he does. <laughs> All right. That's how he draws back the robe with the one hand and just like, pulls it. Dude, from it's one the fact hand. that his hand that was, so was right cool. there. He could have grabbed it with that hand if he wanted to. It was a flex. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it's like I already put your lightning in my pocket. Watch this Correct. smooth move. Okay, so he, so so you're on board still. I'm still on board. Okay, now t- take it, take I was it from not here. Anticipating though, I was thinking he's going to fight on the ground, and he's going to counter. He's going to do this, and his size is going to allow him to maneuver. I didn't see all this triple back flip, springboard, high dive bullshit. So, so <laughs> I was like, what in the world? And then the 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 thing that took me out of it more than that was the. Well, that's first. First of all, first of all, when you talk about that, use caution. That's Gort's favorite part. So, well, well, well it is. I mean, he's channeling his his inner goat scream. You know, <laughs> ah! <laughs> so that so so wait. wait, wait I, I, I want to di- I want to dissect this so far. I want to dissect this. So, you, what you would have preferred? Because I want you to think about this, right? Because I I know the flips are a bit much. I can see it objectively. I can see it. I love it, but I can see it. You would have preferred him doing like shooting the fair one with him in two stepping like on the ground with Dooku swinging his blade around like he's like he's an old man trying to pick up his remote control with one of those little hand claw things. Yeah, yeah. You would have. Uh, I, I want I you to take a minute. And I want you to imagine how that looks. And, oh no, no, I get it completely. I I just wasn't expecting that. Okay, I don't dislike it now. In the moment, I did. Mm. Um, in the moment, I was just like, "No, that's crazy." But then, you know, going to analyze, I'm like, "Well, 
how else is he going to fight? He's got to be crafty and nimble, but you just had never seen that from Yoda. You'd always seen old, frail Yoda, but you finally see Yoda, what made him so respected and so revered, not apart from his wisdom, but he can actually throw down. That was a surprise. In the moment, I wasn't a super big fan of it. Okay. Going back and reflecting on it, yeah, I became to appreciate it over time. Uh, but I do also recognize that some of it does come across as goofy, but I'm okay with that because it's not like Roger Roger levels of goofy Correct. or John levels of goofy. Um, but, you know, I imagine for a young kid how they would eat that up. And I can tell you, uh, let's see, that was 2002. <laughs> a 21-year-old ate that up as well. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, here let's let's have that discussion real quick. Let's do top top three. That's hard. Top three pulls. Oh, top three lightsaber pulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that Yoda one definitely. I'm gonna uh, give I'm gonna give that one number one. Yeah, yeah that that is absolutely number one. To to now. <clears throat> Gort, what do you got? You do you have Yoda's as number one, Gort? Uh, I mean, no, nothing's coming to mind is better than that. But the next one that does come to mind after that is Luke uh, getting his saber in the Wampa Cave. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think that's the first one. That's Ooh. Luke's first one. It's, I, I think it's the first one, period. Yeah. Well, because uh, I'm 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 suggesting that it doesn't have to be. I got I got I got I got my next one. It doesn't have to be the force. You know what I mean? Like you could just bring it off of your belt if you want. Like I'll, I'll count that as well. It doesn't have to be force. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah, that's fair. Let's see. I would put. I think my number two might. Ooh, it's hard, dude. Like I, the the like, two the two, the next two that jump to mind for me are uh, Ray catching it. In yes, snow, that was right. I, that in Snoke's throne room. And oh, no. yeah, no, it was in Snoke's throne room. My, my, mine was her, her in, the, in the woods from the snow. Yeah, right, which, right, which right. I think is expected. But I, I, I love that scene, dude. It's the way that, that too, that's that's my number two is Ray in the and first in the woods while Finn's been cut down in the snow. It's my first. That was my second one. See, I think it's something about the way that her hand is right in the middle of the screen, and it just like she catches it like a line drive to me. Uh, there's something special about that to me. It's like. You know, like, like, like it was like, uh, like she just caught it right in the middle of the mitt, right in the middle of the screen. So I, I'm, I'm going to go, I think, with the, the Snoke Thurman room one for my second one. And then my third one, just, it's just the one that comes to mind. I haven't thought too much about this and I'd be willing to give it up. But um, Palpatine's uh, versus Mace and them, like when it, like, it feels like it like launches out of his sleeve into his hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a, like an old card player. Yeah. No, hiding the gun. Uh, you know, interesting question about that. Do you think that he had a mechanism, or that's just it's there and he uses the force to pull it out? I think it's a force pull. I, I would think that too. I don't think he would trust a mechanism versus his own power. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you say it like that. That makes a lot of sense that and, way. And I remember in the yeah. trailer, like when 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 he, you know, are you threatening me, Master Jedi? And it's launched into his hand, and then it shows him like land in front of all four of them, and there's like this scream that's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was like, oh my god, and I I don't think it's in the movie, uh, but it but I still hear it in my head when I see the movie. I think those would be my I think those would be my three at, at just first glance, not really dissecting it. There's other ones that come to mind. Uh, you know, Luke landing his on the skiff comes to mind. 
Um, I think my number three would be Luke pulling it from Palpatine's throne to swing yeah, and Vader. That's a meet. good one. That's a good one. Dude, not for nothing. The 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 fan done one with Obi Wan and Vader fighting in the Death Star. Oh, I love that so much. I want that to be added into the official movie at this point. But like how he so, um, how he doesn't another, break another stride. It just he doesn't break stride and it just flies from somewhere into his hand. Like because that is one thing I've, I've constantly complained about regarding um, the the prequels is that that you don't get that Jordan that Michael Jordan element of like this guy in his natural ability like it's like mm-hmm. he just he's just born with talent like there's a difference between a guy who can draw when he comes out mm-hmm. of the womb versus a guy that learns how to draw you know anyway I'm sorry Gore go ahead was, uh, oh um, I was gonna say Anakin launching out and uh, saving Obi Wan from Dooku. Mm. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, and a lot of strength in those arms there, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's let's continue. So so now now after you see the attack of the clones, so you 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 didn't care for Phantom Menace. Well, you you had some criticisms with Phantom Menace having seen it for the first yeah. time. And then this and then Attack of the Clones is to this day your least favorite Star Wars film, and I'm choosing my words wisely. Um so where are you at? You know, you got you just got you just got two-pieced you know like uh, a jab and an uppercut i was hesitant to go see revenge of the sith at that point mm. but still retain my love but uh one day a buddy of mine he drove over from kentucky he's like what's up man i was like uh not much got a day off he's like well let's go it's like where are we going he's like you'll see and then boom he took me to see revenge of the sith <laughs> he's like you're watching this movie today it's like <laughs> all right let's watch it and <laughs> I enjoyed it better than Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. Um, I, I think, I think, I think, I think most did, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I did hate the whole, no, yeah. at the end. I hated that. I thought that was very, uh, very Frankenstein's monster-esque. Yep. That scene was way too much. Um, but... I liked Revenge of the Sith a lot better than the other two. Um, I still don't like it as much as the original trilogy, but of the prequels, that is the best one. Yeah, I, I like I like that movie a lot, and I, I feel like that movie ages very well. Like, yeah, unlike unlike Attack of the Clones, yeah, or Phantom Menace. I I, I, <clears throat> yeah, you, you know, but uh, there's something about uh, it's it's the magic of it all, right? Because that is that that story, for better or worse, like that is kind of the it's the tipping point of the entire saga, you know. And it really is, yeah. And and I remember watching those trailers and just like you know, by by this point, the internet is a little bit more up and running than it was at Attack of the Clones, and like you could kind of access those trailers a bit easier. And just watching them over and over and over again, and like that, every single Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Like I was like, oh my god, you know, like <laughs> this is it. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then unfortunately, it was like a twenty second sequence, but uh, a good twenty second sequence. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Did, how did how did it how did it how did it fit how did it affect your 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 view of the prequels now that it was concluded now that you enjoyed it more than the previous two how did it affect your view overall of them if 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 at all 
I thought it was a good way to wrap them up. Uh, you know, ending on a high note, if you can call it a high note. <laughs> right, 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 right. A low, a low note that happens uh, to be a high everybody note. Everybody just got exactly. murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that was the beauty of it. Um, not the murder itself, but, you know, how the Jedi, how they're their fall and Palpatine's rise to absolute power that made Jedi so much more significant. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you see, you know, as a seven year old, Oh, well, here's this bad guy. And then as a 20, seven year old, something like that. I can't, remember, I can't remember how old I was when it came out. What was that, 2005? Correct. Yes. M- May 19th. Okay, 29. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, seeing it then, so many years removed later, how it made Palpatine so much more of a badass in my eyes. Uh, you know, how he dispatches four Master Jedi hands, you know, with ease, relative ease, but yet manages to suck Anakin and fully convert him to the dark side in that moment, how manipulative he was. That's where the genius of Revenge of the Sith comes into play for me is how much it did for Palpatine. Yeah. Um, I think like, I, I, I agree with you that it changes six, you know, but I, like, to be fair, like it changes four for me. Like, Watching four is a different experience after Revenge of the Sith. Seeing Obi Wan look at R two, seeing Obi Wan face Vader again, obviously. Um, Obi Wan seeing Luke, you know, like all of those dynamics change greatly for me after Revenge of the Sith. Which is oh yeah, in a, in a positive way, you know, in a more meaningful way. Um, I do have a couple little fun facts about uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Hayden Christensen gained 24 pounds of muscle for this movie. No oh, shit. So uh, take that, Adam and Joe. I mean, say what you will. That kid does dark well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the volcanic uh, eruption on Mustafar was a real, uh, like, what do they call it? Composite shot with the digital Mustafar background, but a real footage of Mount Etna in Italy, which was erupting at the time of production. And that's, which is, I I find stuff like that cool. Not a single clone is, uh, is a real actor in this movie. Like they're all CGI, which is kind of impressive because there is some really believable clone shots in this movie. Uh, and uh, Ewan McGregor asked if he could play one of the Emperor's red-robed Imperial Guards, but it is unknown as to whether or not he was ever allowed to. See, I like that. I mean, he just wanted to throw on a cool costume. That's yeah. neat. And, yeah. Then, and then we it's just like, got that news yesterday uh, about the... Is that is that official? That's no. official. That's confirmed. I haven't looked this morning yet, right. but I hope it is. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the prequels are done. And you're still continuing with the EU. And you don't really tap into the Clone Wars too much, correct? No, no, I never watched. I watched the the original Clone Wars, uh, like, animated shorts on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. Nice. But I didn't like the animation style, but I thought they were cool enough. But I never revisited them. Right. 
Yeah. And then the Clone Wars movie and the Clone Wars series, I never checked out. You should definitely check um, out the series now. Wait, you still haven't? Oh, I, I still haven't, but I absolutely huh. am going to since they are wrapping that storyline up yeah. uh, with their subscription service when it launches. Right. So um, I will yeah. definitely be checking it out. But you're still heavy into the novels. Uh, at this point, when they concluded the Yuzon Vong stuff, I checked. I checked out. Okay, so I aside any more of the novels, you read but, that entire book series. Well, mm-hmm. not he, we okay. know we, we know we didn't read one. Which one? Truce of Accord. Well, no, I just meant the Yuzon Vong oh, okay. series. Truce of Master, I did read. I no, you actually didn't. owned it. No, you didn't. I did. Um, <laughs> go, go, go look at your Patreon comments from last week. No, I, I saw it. I saw it. I didn't believe it. I, I, I didn't believe it there either. Um, and, 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 I, and, I, and I got news for you, Josh. I own it as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, One of my friends had watched the uh, pronunciation game, and he sent me a message to tell me, oh, no, I, ha- I have that book, The Truce of Bakura. No, I, uh, you're mistaken. It might be Courtship of Princess Leia you're thinking of. Yeah, I own they look it. very similar. I own it. I've never read it. Um, so, really? Uh, never have? Nope. Yeah, I, I tried to one time, and I was like, this is terrible. I'm stopping. Um. So, the Yuzen Vong. What was the big? Uh, so, did, let me ask you this about the Yuzen Vong. Did you read? Did you read the Swarm stuff? Because that came out right afterward. I don't think I read the Swarm. Stuff. Okay, because that was like that was that was even worse in my opinion. Um, but what was your what was your issue with the Yuzen Vong stuff? For those that don't know, the the Yuzen Vong were these. It was a it was an alien race from outside of the kind of the unknown regions, as they're kind of referred to now. And their entire technology was based on uh, biological elements. So their ships were biological, their weapons were biological, um, bo- both melee and kind of firearms. They uh, they had some kind of immunity to the force or something. Is that mm-hmm. they're they're just absent from it? Okay, yeah. Like you you can't sense them. You can't use powers on them. They're just it's like they don't exist, but they're there. And then it's they like had spirit. and then they had like a bird creature that hung around them, Vergiri or. Something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good one for the game, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> so she hung around, and she was she she knew some background information. It's uh, so they they invade uh, kind of the the known galaxy, and then they have to kind of be thwarted, as it were. But it, but it was the first real Star Wars story that didn't really deal with uh, any kind of dark side or imperial element at all, really, and. Uh, and, and at the same time, it wasn't like a smuggler story, right? So it dealt with the force, but it didn't deal with the dark side, which, uh, I, which I, I just think is a necessary component. But so you read it. What was what was your turnoffs to it? What what bothered you about it? Dropping a moon on Chewbacca. Yeah, uh, that was. I was like, come on, uh, that was that was really reaching in there. Uh, manages to get. Han's kid on the Falcon, Anakin. but not himself. I mean, and he's got long arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grab hold. Yeah, and and uh, and then it ended up being for nothing because Anakin dies. Like that's yeah, what, that's what sucked. And, and not at the end of that series, just halfway through. Yeah, halfway through. Mm-hmm. And what was it? Was twenty nineteen books? Is it, was it nineteen? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it, it was, was nineteen nineteen thousand. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt like nineteen thousand. I know that. The, the, uh, it was the only thing that I felt was cool about that series was uh, in the very last book, 
it's it's Luke unleashed. Yes. And I, I remember the only thing I remember is that the, the, like the one of the last chapters of the book, they talk about Luke storming their fortress or whatever, and they say something along the lines of when the story was told, it was that you know twenty or thirty Jedi were attacking this fortress, but it was just Luke. It was just how fast and kind of furious, for lack of a better term, that he was approaching the battle. That was cool, and that, but it was like the only thing that was. And there's some there's some kind of force philosophy stuff that's interesting in there in regards to Jason, but those are the only two real uh, highlights for me in that entire series, and uh, and it, and it reeked to me of of Cobra Law, I, and I say that all the time, but it just oh. bothered me. Yeah, Cobra Law. Let's not go there. So, 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 so you stopped. So you stopped reading the EU, um, which is unfortunate yeah. because the the, in my opinion, the book series that came after the Swarm, the Nest, or whatever it was called, that's some of the best EU stuff ever written, in my opinion. Now that's that's the Jason going to the dark side. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't checked those out, but I know enough about the story that I want to get those yeah, books. They're good. Read them they're good. Because yeah. So, that brings us to the Disney era. Now, mm-hmm. before we get heavy into the Disney era, let's check back in on your collecting. Where where are you now? What are you buying? This is 2015, Court? Am I right about that? For, For uh, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens, yeah. Okay, so where, what, are you, what are you buying? What are you collecting? What is your Star Wars kind of passion looking like at home? Uh, very, very limited in actual Star Wars merchandise. Okay. Uh, I have, I have the 2008 Legacy Millennium Falcon, uh, the big two and a half foot long one with all the electronics that came with Han and Chewie. Right. Uh, love that piece. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. It's, and I've got the 2009 Legacy ATAT, uh, with similar electronics and it's like two and a half feet tall. It's like a it's like a dog. I could take him for a walk. Uh, <laughs> right, I've got right. that, and I got a handful of uh, just core legacy characters uh, gotcha. from around that era. You know, a few stormtroopers, a couple of variations of Vader, a couple uh, representations of Luke, a uh, couple of Han. You know, Chewie's Repo R two Leia. Have you dipped uh, in your toe into the one twelfth? Uh, I have not. Okay. I have not. They are gorgeous. Uh, the only one, oh, I, I was thinking one six. Sorry, the one twelfth. The only thing I have is a black series Vader. Okay, uh, because I love Vader, and you know, if I'm going to have a six inch figure of anything, it would be Vader before anything. Gotcha. Um, All right, so mm-hmm. the the Disney acquisition happens. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts about that? Just just the acquisition. What is your mind state in regard to that? It's like it hasn't hurt Marvel. Right, um, that's a fact. It only helped Marvel. That's you know, f- maybe it'll help us fact, get new fact. Star Wars stuff. Right. See, that's like a positive outlook uh, at the get-go. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was fine with it because I was more disappointed in the stuff. My least favorite Star Wars movies are the ones that George Lucas had that's his right. hands in the most. <laughs> He's an incredible visionary, I but agree, a shit man. director. Yeah, I agree. Um, my, 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 my least favorite Star Wars films are also the ones where he had the most control. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, see, I don't know that he's a bad director, but he's definitely a terrible writer. 
uh, from, well, from a dialogue, from a dialogue perspective. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Not so, necessarily from a story like plot directive. Like, like um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dialogue, though, I can forgive. Everybody's like, oh, there's so much wooden dialogue. It's like, yeah, but you're primarily dealing with monks and politicians. Who else talks like that? Yeah, but the, the uh, I love you, no, I love you more, that that bit, I that that's... Because I'm so in love with oh, you. Oh, dude, dude, yeah. dude, I can't. I can't with that scene. It, it kind of fits, though, because I remember saying some stupid stuff like that when I was that age. Yeah, I don't. It fit its way out the door. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I, I absolutely did. It's my wife tough. actually, it's um, it's kind of a. I mean, you know, my wife and I are very close and and happy mm-hmm. for, forever. But uh, she actually she played a significant impact uh, in my in my my life uh, when I saw that for the first time because I rolled my eyes so hard that one popped out and it went down the the aisle. The movie theater, my wife ran down and grabbed it, and she has a oh, little bit of medical geez. training. She was able to get it back in for me, so that was a nice that- little thing that she did it was yeah. a special moment for us but so okay so you're excited <laughs> that's good the, the trailer drops the movie drops let's just get into the shits regarding force awakens how do you feel about it oh excited yeah. excited uh, my 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 best friend sean um that lives just a few minutes away from me uh i was like dude you see this trailer he's like yeah i was like we need to go see this and they opened up a new theater about 10 minutes from my sister-in-law's house. Now, she lives 90 minutes away from us. Um, but this theater is so quality compared to the closest one around, which is about a 40-minute drive away, that I will go the extra hour to go to the movies because of the quality of this theater is so nice. The sound, the comfort level... Uh, you know, plus you can reserve your seats online. And even before the leg loss, I always bought like the row and the handicap uh, accessible row. Uh, <laughs> so I could get that in seat so I wouldn't have to sit anybody except for my wife or my kid. Um, you know, and I have that space next to myself. I'm like, yeah, I got this. And now it's just like, well, if I really want privacy in the theater, I can always push my wheelchair in and go and sit down in it. <laughs> uh, but I only did that once, and that was just to see Endgame because the tickets were sold out for days. Right. And I couldn't showing except to take the chair that day. So I legit pushed that chair because I don't use it in public anymore. I've not had to. I mean, I used it at home before, like in the mornings before I put my leg on. But, you know, not like any capacity. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we were super excited, and I was like, okay, we can get tickets. Uh, I was like, I can't do a Thursday night ticket. I was like, let's do the Friday noon showing. He's like, all right. Went and saw it, and I loved every second of it. I was just like, oh, God, this took me back to feeling like I was seven years old watching Return of the Jedi the that's how the feeling was. Right. I was just loving it so much. And I went home and, you know, got about it all the way home. Got home and I told Misty, I was like, honey, I was like, we need to go back. We need to see this. Taking medicine. And I went ahead and bought tickets. Uh, and we got tickets for the December 20th 
going because we had already planned on doing like a Christmas get together with her sister and her family that day, and it's right. ten minutes away. Do the movie and then go hang out with your sister, and make a day of it, and you know went and saw it again. And then I was like, I want to go see it again. You know, this is uh, this was the first time I saw a Star Wars movie in the theater more than twice. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I I actually saw that movie the night it came out twice. Um, Adam Adam and I I can't remember I think uh, like at oh I, I remember what it was now at first it, it it sold out so fast that the only thing available was the 3D showing so we, we bought the 3D showing tickets and then like two days later they put it in an extra theater um, for the 2D so we bought that as well. Like and we bought it at an appropriate time where we could run them back to back, and the other like special memory I have about that is my buddy Mario, who I lost in 2010, was a huge Star Wars fan, and we bought him a ticket for it. And yeah, yeah, We're telling us, yeah, and that was great. That lady's like, no, he's here. Yeah, dude, like because it was packed, you know, and everybody was fighting for a, a seat and asking people to move down and all this. And we had kept an empty seat for him, and they were asking people to move down. And I had that empty seat, and I just, I was like, man, I, I got to say something. So I said to the lady, I was like, look, told her the story, and I was like, if if we need to move down to accommodate somebody, then I guess we can. And she was like, no, 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 he's here. And I was like, I mean, like it, it makes me want to, it makes me well up. I'm welling up right now just thinking about it, that, you know. Yeah, it's so touch, and that that goes to show they're still good in this fandom. Yeah, yeah, for sure, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) You know, I could get into a whole thing on that, but like, um, you know, I was just a celebration this year, and I can tell you there was sixty five thousand pieces of good in this fandom. Um, but anyway, the uh, so so you enjoyed it thoroughly. That's awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. did you were you? Did, how 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 much did you get caught up in the mystery box element of it? You know the who is Ray, uh, who is Snoke, uh, the Plagueis, the Solo Skywalker, the all the the kind of theories and speculation that were really swarming at the time. That I don't think we've really seen anything similar to at least you know prior to you know eighty to eighty three. I don't think we'd have seen anything remotely close to that. Where did you get caught up, if at all, in that? Uh, very little. I've, you know, speculated, okay, is Ray, like, Han gives her these looks of admiration and affection. It's like, is she Han and Leia's kid? I agree. Is she, is she Luke's kid? Does Han know this girl from somewhere or is he just, just taking a shine to her, so to speak? Um, you know, I, I speculated a lot about Ray. Uh, speculated a lot about what exactly caused Kylo to go the route he did. Right. But other than that, not too much. Uh, I just like the not knowing and going along for the ride kind of feel. But I do enjoy the speculation. But I didn't go like, okay, what about this? And what about this? And then I got to thinking, Okay, with this most recent trailer, we'll get there. You know, I got some more thoughts on it, but at the time, not too, too much. So, so uh, I got a couple of fun facts about Force Awakens. Uh, for one, uh, Harrison Ford is the headliner 
of that show, I mean, of that movie. Like, he is top billing for it, which is the first time that he's been top billing for a Star Wars movie, and simultaneously it's the first time a non-Force user has been credited for top billing for a Star Wars movie up until that point. Um, and also, uh, when Finn and Ray ask Han if he is the Han Solo, he replies, I used to be, which, <laughs> which is borrowed from his real life interviews or when people would meet him on the street and be like, it's Han Solo. He says, he said, that's like his go-to line. I used to be. And that's where that line comes uh, from. Oh, that's, that's a nice little thing that they let him work that in. Yep. Um, so then we have Rogue One. Yes. What are your thoughts, comments, courtesies, and concerns regarding Rogue One? Unlike my fellow castmate, Russ the Muss, I absolutely adore Rogue One. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> that movie is right up there with Empire and Last Jedi for me. Yep. It's my top three. Me too. I love Dude, that's that your top movie. three? That, that's my top three. That's my top three. Empire, Rogue One, Last Jedi. That's my top three. Exactly. Yeah. Rogue One put the wars in Star Wars. That was a gritty, wonderful war story that set everything up and made me look at A New Hope in such a new light. Yep. Uh, it really, really spoke to me, and I loved it. Uh, eat it up. Yeah. Wonderful story. And I don't care. Uh, somebody... Somebody can say, and uh, I won't name drop him again, uh, he can call it lazy writing all he wants to. No, everybody had to die. Yeah, Because absolutely. it raises the stakes. It makes, It's not all for nothing. Rebellions are built on hope, and their sacrifices help to provide that spark of hope to keep going on and to push back. It was just a wonderfully done story, I and I want more anthology stories like that. Me too. Me too. Uh, um, have you signed the the Two Tubes petition for a Two Tubes movie? Oh, we we absolutely should okay. get a Two Tubes movie. Good. <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's just look He's up, a cool looking character, man. Just, just look up Bobby Skullface's um, Change dot org profile. You should be able to find it in there. Um, so, uh, then, then we got the last Jedi, which is, you know, the, the, probably the most controversial film, uh, deservingly or not. And what is your, let me get, I want to know this, the moment that you saw it walking out of the theater, what are your, what are your takeaways at that point? When we walked out of the theater uh, after viewing Last Jedi, Misty's just looking at me because I've had this look on my face. She's like, are you okay? And it's like, I don't know how I feel right now. <laughs> I really don't know how I feel right now. She's like, did you not like it? I was like, no. I loved it, but I don't know how I feel. Mm. Uh, it took me a few days to process what I had just witnessed. I said, this is something we've never been given before in a Star Wars movie. This is completely different. What is it that is so different about this one? And, you know, at, at the core, that movie is all about hubris and arrogance and how everybody fails to learn from it except for Luke. Yep. And the how Luke just did what he did to save everyone that was left in the end 
in the most Jedi way imaginable in a way we had never seen before. You know, after seeing multiple failures on uh, the resistance's uh, end and people not learning from their mistakes until it's too late. And, oh, just that movie, there's so much packed into it. It's so well done. And it kills me to hear people say, oh, that's dumb, hyperdriving into a, into a ship. Why didn't they do that in the first Death Star? You know, you got to look at speed and velocity and mass. An X-Wing couldn't do that against a Death Star. Uh, whereas a cruiser of similar size and a right point could do so. You know, or the why doesn't the Empire just jump ahead and attack them in a pincer attack? Right. Well, why risk casualties when you know that this is the tactically sound maneuver? Mm-hmm. It's also a cruel maneuver because you can let that fear and that knowledge of impending doom seep into your opponent's mind. I mean, that's just uh, the way I would do it if I were Hux. Right. Uh, but there's just so much about that movie. It took me a couple of days to sit there and accept that they finally done it. They finally given me something that wasn't a part of the formula that is different enough to stand out and gave me something new. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I that Luke just became one of the force at the end. That, that was just like, I can't believe that just happened. You know, so that that first night it was just like shock, but over the weekend processing it, I was just like, "This movie is amazing." Yeah, I I asked that question because when I walked out of that theater, I was like, "I love this," and I don't know why. You know, yeah, and it and it took me I think three viewings before I was like, "This is it. This is why." It's because it is challenging. I think to the viewer as to what is the right choice to make in battle from a Jedi perspective, a true Jedi perspective and, mm-hmm. and to really kind of walk the walk, you know, and not just talk the talk. And it plays in so much to, you know, I, I remember those conversations during the prequel era that people would have, like, you know, and I, when I say this, I mean, star Wars fans, not like casuals or whatever, where they would be like, you know, are the Jedi good? You know, where they're they're kidnapping children and, you know, taking them for their forces and, you know, like, and they're serving, you know, political interests and like, are they at their, at their heart and soul? Are these, are these heroes? And to... It's hard to use them that way. Correct. And then for, for Luke to kind of see through that, you know, and then make changes that, that, you know, deconstruct you know, what What a Jedi's role should be in the galaxy and then live to the true fruition of it. It's And then, like, it's the beauty of it all, man. Like, it's the, it's the tying together of the prequels and the original trilogy along with seeing the complete growth and acceptance of destiny in that character. Like, mm-hmm. it frustrates me that uh, I, I feel like it goes, it, it, it goes unnoticed, you know, by a lot of uh, people that are critical of the movie and whether that criticism is valid or invalid, you know, like I, when I say valid, I mean like people are like, well, look, I don't think Luke would be this way because of this, this and this. I think that's a valid criticism. But when people are like, well, you know, Rose Tico is fighting for animal rights. I'm like, OK, you're I'm no longer interested in having this conversation with you. <laughs> you're too, you're too yeah, yeah, I, I don't. 
I don't see that at all. Her fighting for animal rights. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, uh, I, like, I think that's a movie where time is going to tell. Go ahead. Yeah, I think this one in the end, as long as the vocal minority will stop talking about it in the end over time, this will be revered as Empire. Yeah. I agree. And I, I also, uh, I have, um, like, you know, recently with some of this Star Wars content I've been putting out recently, um, you know, people have been saying, well, you know, Solo failed because of The Last Jedi. And I'm like, the, the problem... Solo didn't fail. Well, well, you know, financially it failed. Yeah, because of the extra budget. The extra, the extra budget and poor promotion is 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 in, and then maybe I could even argue that people aren't interested in that story generally. You know, like that that maybe it's more important to tell you know less, um, you know, like like Rogue One is all new cast, all new story within the story, whereas mm-hmm. Solo's story is not as maybe compelling to a general audience member. I I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think it's that it's a boycott because. It wouldn't. Oh. It wouldn't explain the success of the Last Jedi on DVD. Like, why would you? Why would you boycott Solo and then buy the DVD? Mm-hmm. You know, like those numbers don't equate. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of Solo, yes, let's get into that. Uh, I really enjoy it. I like it a lot. Uh, I think that I can't remember his name ever. You know. Han. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Han has it's like no Aldrin, friends. Aldrin, Eric, or something like that. What Buzz, is his name? Buzz is? Aldrin. Yep, that's him. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I thought, uh, man, he he owned that part. I agree. He uh, he got the swagger down. He got the uh, the level of arrogance down that early Han had. Uh, you know, and to see him. Like, he's got these dreams in the beginning. You know, he rose from gutter trash, and he's going to make a name for himself. And he's got these dreams, and you can see him become disenfranchised. And over the course of the movie, you see him starting down that path of cynicism. And, okay, I look out for me. You know, Mm -hmm. you see that being planted in him. Of course, you know, he still, you know, ultimately we know he wasn't that way permanently, but we can right. see how he got there. We see those seeds being planted. And the whole him shooting first at the end was just absolutely wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, what was your reaction to Maul? We haven't really asked this to most of our guests, but it, that is a big reveal moment. What, what was your reaction that, to that? That was so cool. I was just like, oh, man. I was like, so there. I was like, I want to see more of this. I want to see Darth Maul again because I feel we didn't get enough of him the first time around. And I know they brought him back in Clone Wars, or was it Rebels? Which one? Oh, okay. I I have not watched either yet, but I'm absolutely going to once I get the Disney streaming service. (laughs) He's got some Uh, good arcs in there. Yeah, that's heard and i really want to see that for myself but seeing darth maul at the end that was really cool and i was actually reading that filming that scene they that nobody knew who it was true they did actually they didn't know like the people behind it didn't know until the very end and i think it was uh ron howard's son that suggested Mm -hmm. it that's what i read somewhere and like 
the casting of the lightsaber was just to remind people that may have not have seen Darth Maul. <laughs> yes. Hey, this is this guy's kind of a badass. Yeah, this is the guy. This is this is, the guy who you thought it might be. Yep, it's him. Here's his lightsaber just to prove it. <laughs> you know, it, what's funny when, when I saw this. So when I saw, as soon as I saw the mechanical leg, I knew who it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I before that, who did you think it was? I didn't know. I I I, I thought it was going to be Jabba. Uh uh-huh. But mm. like, I grabbed my wife's leg. Um. <clears throat> And said to her, I was like, it's Maul. And I was super excited in the movies. But by the time we got to the car, I had to start asking myself if I cared. And I, and which is, which is weird because I'm a huge Darth Maul fan. Mm-hmm. But I was like, am I a fan of Darth Maul, the, the criminal enterpriser? <laughs> or am I a fan of Darth Maul, the Sith kind of fanatic? You know, like, that character does change. And... I'm not sure if it, like, it might have been one of those things for me. I feel like that dark, that reveal is, for me, what a lot of the Yoda lightsaber duel is for a lot of others, where at first it's all the glitz and glam of it, and you're kind of taken back by the lights and sounds, and then when you get home, you're like, wait a minute, was that cool? That was my, that's yeah. how I felt about the Darth Maul bit. Uh, and I'm still I mean, asking myself. if they're myself, pursuing a story with it, you'll get to see so, so what that, he's doing with this criminal correct, underworld. Correct. But it would lead into how he ends up being where he is in Rebels. Correct. That's correct. clearly and, after this. Yes, and that, w- that would change the dynamics of it completely. But s- seemingly, if that doesn't happen, it falls flat for me now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right now, it's just like this could lead to some really interesting storytelling other than that, it's just like, hey, here's an Easter egg for you. But, um, but I do yep. think that overall, it's remembered quite fondly. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, unlike the Yoda fight, where I feel like it kind of can go either way with people. I do feel like that mall bit has stood the test of time, albeit limited. Um, you know, at first, I didn't think it was going to be Maul. I actually thought they might have been bringing in Shizor from. Uh, That's what I thought. Shadows of the Empire. Oh, really. I- I was really stoked mm-hmm. for the idea. Oh, Crimson Dawn. Now we're Black Sun. That mm-hmm. was fantastic. I'm glad That's it was more. That's what I was thinking. But only if oh, you yeah. had fancy Star Wars clothes. Yeah, I don't need it to be Prince Scissors in his, in his, in his gown, <laughs> his evening gown. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't like the pheromones. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, real quick, that brings us pretty much up to date. Where are you at excitement level for uh, Rise of Skywalker? I am absolutely anticipating it with just, I can't wait. Uh, You know, two things, three things I'm looking forward to later this year. Uh, You know, of course, going to TFCon and seeing everyone again. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for that. Really excited. but that's the next thing on the list. Yeah. It's like, can't get here soon enough. I want to see a trailer. It, they need to drop one. Tell it's me time. about it. Tell me about yeah. it. I mean, it's four months out. You know, movies usually drop a trailer about three or four months out. You know, I heard you can't I'm, tell. I hear we're not getting it until October. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. That's, That's only hearing. two months, uh, dude. Like t- I've been beating this drum for well, since the solo marketing. I, I think they should have it sooner for sure. But if they follow suit with anything else that Disney's done, we're going to get that you know that next one there, and then we'll probably get one or two more quickly, and 
Uh, I think there will be a lot. Get pounded of with it, but I'd lo- I want it now. Yeah, I want it. Yeah, now. you got to start me, building up hype for it, and and with with they got to promote Mandalorian as well. So like I don't know, uh-huh. you know, this is this is their first time they're really gonna have to promote two things at once. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't, I, we don't even know if they're equipped with the skills to do so. It's just like give us a taste, just give us another little taste right now, and then in two months give us something else. You know, I, I do wish like um, there was a like. Do you remember when the Force Awakens trailer dropped? It was like out of the blue. You know, it was just yeah, like, like November, the year before, the, yep, 13 exa- months. Exactly. Before. I do wish that we could, uh, we haven't really got that with Star Wars in a while. It's always been at some big event, or, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, SDCC or D23 or um, Celebration, of course. It's always been some event. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish we could get back into the, like, I, I'm missing that in general. Uh, like, the waking up, yeah. checking your phone, and having your mind blown. Or, or even like, hey... Tune in to Entertainment Tonight at seven. See, I don't week. even want that. I don't even want that. This. Nope, nope. Oh nope. yeah, yeah. I, I, want I remember it. those days. Yeah, yeah. For, and they kind of did it with um the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi trailer was like had a premiere. Like it was like Thursday yeah, at ten, during Monday night football. Yep, 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 yep. And I kind of wish they would do that with, uh, not do that, but just you know, do, like like all of a sudden, like my phone just starts blowing up because people have seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like that, just that yeah, magic. Just. just Low key, drop it ninja style. Yes, like, yes. Hmm. Let's uh, see how long this takes. So, um, with that being said, uh, let's let's get into uh, a couple of short rapid fire type questions. Gore, do you have any? All right. Uh, Why well, I certainly do. All right, we're going to start with my uh, first one here. What's your favorite lightsaber color? Green. Green. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you're going undercover with the Rebel Alliance. And you are in the Millennium Falcon. What color are you going to paint that so you won't be recognized? Mm. Well, I would say if I'm going to be undercover, I don't want to stick out. Black sticks out. Uh, you know, something, man, that's a difficult thing because YT-1300s are not too common. Uh, <laughs> are great. You know, I would probably strip the uh, strip the a couple of things that make it recognizable, like the sensor dish, uh-huh. and maybe the the cannons. Uh, you know, give it a nice paint job, uh, and maybe add a couple of the original things back onto it to make it not mm-hmm. look like you know, mm-hmm. make it look more like Lando's Millennium Falcon instead of Han's Millennium Falcon. Right. All right. You know, just kind of make it look more like it rolled off the line instead. And that was uh that was some good knowledge you threw out there. What model is the Outrider? Uh well it wasn't a YT thirteen hundred. I think it was a YT fourteen hundred? Twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred. I knew there was a four. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite vintage toy? My favorite in, uh, vintage in the Star Wars line. Yes. My all-time favorite one was in the original line. They had these little die-cast ships. And I had a Millennium Falcon. It was just a – it was a perfect – 
palm-sized replica made entirely of metal with a plastic cannon on the top and a little clear glass canopy to where you could see in it. That thing I kept in my pocket for years. I loved that thing so much, and I would love to find one like a vintage replica, you know, a, a perfectly flawless copy of that today. Mine was definitely a Bespin Han. Like, I, I wore that thing out so bad, all the paint was gone off of its hair and head. It just looked like a peach Q-tip popping out of his coat. <laughs> See, I didn't have so much of that uh, Lando skiff guard. <laughs> what a random one. <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot, but that's another story. Uh, best moment in a Star Wars trailer. Oh. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. For me, it would have to be because I don't remember seeing the trailers for Empire growing up. I do remember seeing the trailer for Jedi. Um, but it wouldn't be from the original trilogy. Yeah. Those trailers are fucking trash anyway. <laughs> Time. Experience this. Uh, Honestly, I kind of have to think right now in the moment the Palpatine laugh at the end of the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Mm. That's a good choice. What is yours, Gort? Mine? Yeah. Oh. I think the special edition trailer where the X-Wing flies off the TV. <laughs> that's, oh, that's ridiculous, but, uh, but I love that. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense in some weird way. Um, mine is definitely Darth Maul's second blade igniting in that oh. original Phantom Menace trailer. Like, it blew my mind. Like, just one of those things I, I never thought was even in the realm of possibility. You know? Hmm. All right. Next one. You got any more, Gorda? Oh, I got, I got a couple more. Okay. Um, favorite color for Power of the Force 2 carded figures? The orange. Mm. I like the purple. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was good looking. And as much as I love shadows, it's less about that. I just like purple. Uh, most useless stormtrooper? Uh, sanitation trooper? <laughs> was, that? was that Finn, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it turns out as a stormtrooper, he was pretty useless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Actually, that might uh, inadvertently be the correct answer. <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm uh, right now. Honestly, it's Phasma. Apparently, <laughs> I, man, I wish they would have left that deleted scene. In that yes, movie. that needed to be in. The oh, movie. that was really so good. How she sees that he's breaking through to them, and they're getting ready to turn on her, and then yeah. she takes them out like a badass. Yeah, that should have been left in to give her some on-screen credibility. Well, and not only huh. that, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it is it's the cultural components that it raises in regard to the stormtroopers and kind of where their loyalties lie, and being able to see through that shiny armor, you know, and see the mm-hmm. the, the real person beneath it and, and the flaws that are there, like the inherent flaws. Like, 
It, it was, I, 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 I'll never understand why that scene isn't in there and, um, you know, we spend so much time on Cannabite. But go ahead. You walk into a cantina. What are you going to order? Uh... Blue milk. Yep, you got to try it. You got to try it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the right answer. I'm, I'm, it's the right answer. I'm, I'm not a drinker anyway, so you know. I'll tell you what, your, a- your family can put away some coffee, though. God bless. <laughs> I got a pot brewing right now. <laughs> I had to buy. A, I had to buy a whole thing of K cups. I almost thought that we, we weren't going to have enough for breakfast the next morning when we checked the inventory. Dude, I, I felt I felt bad about that because we brought our own. <laughs> we brought our own, and Laura's like, no. Go drink this. It's like you sure? It's like we drink a lot of coffee. We brought our own. Yeah, we didn't. No, we, we didn't know what a lot meant. A lot is a relative term. Next year, next year we're gonna get the second pot going. <laughs> I'll bring it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, blue milk is the right answer. Uh, let me rattle a few off. What is your favorite Jedi? Uh, I'd have to go with Luke, man. I really do. Favorite favorite uh, favorite dark side user. Vader. Yeah. What is your favorite character from the prequels? I gotta go with Obi Wan. Least favorite. Jar Jar. Favorite from the sequels. Uh the the current ones, right? Correct. Uh Ray. Least favorite. Finn. And what is your favorite character of the saga, non-force using? Oh, Han. Yeah, for sure. That is that is also the correct answer. Oh, absolutely. It's like you know, if you're going to be anybody, be like Han. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I thought um, it was be like Batman. Well, that, who 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 <laughs> can who can live up to those standards, Gort? Yeah, you gotta have money to be like Batman. And you, you can be like and, on any day. You gotta have a lot of determination to be like Batman. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get too stuck in the bullshit. I'd, I'd be on that track for like ten minutes, and then I'd be like, "Oh, well, never mind. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna have these Fritos instead." The um, that will pretty much can wrap this episode up. Josh, let them know where they can find you if you're interested in them finding you, or what shows they can find you on, or anything like that that you'd like to plug. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I'm on uh, two different podcasts. Uh, weird, one is weird called. Flex. Uh, yeah, yeah, one's uh, all queued up, uh, and the uh, it's, you can find it on any audio pl- listening platform. Uh, my buddy and I we review exclusive streaming content, and then we do an off week where we just kind of do like our B sides, our BS sessions. And then uh, on Friday nights on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern, roughly, uh, we do a show called MPSP Theater. And tonight is actually our one-year anniversary show. So So, you're doing a lot of podding these days. You're doing a lot of podding today. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, But uh, other than that, you know, my name on Facebook, public profile, all of my social media links, my Instagram, my Twitter feed, everything is linked there. If they want to follow me, they can. And that's Josh Fisher. Yep. Okay. Um, thank you for coming on. It was a great conversation. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up so that we can do our little name game trivia. And, uh, Court, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Chitipatan. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>